Because you know why? Why? Because it feels right. It feels right. Legendary. Press that cool. button. We went to we we played pickleball. You know, again, love him, love him or hate him for his politics or whatever. We're you know a bunch of us are in town for. Sorry, I sound so nasally. I'm, my allergies are off the charts. But uh, there's eight pros in town in Nashville for a Make a Wish Foundation event, mm. and we did a little pickleball at Kid Rock's house and had had a little welcome dinner, and then that was a couple nights ago. And then last night we did the celeb pro exhibition, and we had. Um, it was John Christ who actually went to college with and grew up playing tennis with was commentating with Chad Edwards. Mm. And then we had Eric Decker, former NFL wider. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his wife, his wife was there. Um, lovely people, uh, Bobby bones who runs a country, uh, he's a host of a country radio, uh, show. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm not in tune with the country, so I don't know who he is, but yeah, so it's a lot of country. Um, guy, Morgan Evans, Australian country music artist, really nice guy. Philip Phillips, um, who has been in the pickleball scene a while came in town for for it. Must really be nice a, po- that's a, that's a popular name in Australia. Well, Morgan Evans. And, <laughs> yeah. There, yeah there, there were a lot of jokes about that last night. There I, I, I have no doubt. Uh, especially with Chad Edwards, right? He's just, well, gonna, of course. He's going to keep going with it. Oh, Chadwick. I'll tell you what, you, you get a, you get a cocktail or two in Chad. He, he, his, his volume rises and his talking rises. It's, it's, it's pretty fun sometimes. I'll and his say. Australian accent gets thicker. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thicker, yeah. thicker for sure. I, I still, I still miss the days of the, uh, the, uh, Florida grand slam Simone where he was running the tournament and he would just be stone and bar court <laughs> stone and bar. <laughs> Like, it's like who yeah. ma there's an r there buddy come on <laughs> uh so so robert uh our, our sounds like we have a guest uh, that's going to join us today tell us a little bit about that uh we do have a guest uh we, we've talked about him before on this podcast and and typically in relation to the name of his podcast which i just find very endearing which is <laughs> the tennis sucks podcast uh-huh. so yeah we're gonna have travis the rattlesnake retinmeyer on in a little bit uh when he messaged me, he was like, might be a little late, going to go running to Starbucks and then to get some breakfast for the little one. So speaking of the devil, let's just go ahead and add him to the stream right now. Travis Rettenmeyer. Oh. <laughs> Travis, the rattlesnake Rettenmeyer. Just capturing. Just capturing. Yes, just capturing bronze with Steve, the Canadian beaver deacon who used to play with Dave the Badger Weinbach. We got animals everywhere here. Let's rock and roll. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I had a baby three days ago. I know you know did about you really? that. Holy yes, shit, I did. man. Congratulations. So, so I'm, I'm a little I knew swollen. it was coming, but. Yes, a little guess... unshaved, a little unkept, yeah. but, that, but that's okay. I know you know all about that, Travis. Yeah, like three years, you'll finally look decent again. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'm looking forward to that day, yes. <laughs> yeah, Adam, it's just gonna go. It's just gonna go public with that, I guess. So it could, yeah, yeah, appreciate congrats. it. You know, uh, we got. And it was uh, a little girl or a little boy. Little boy, and uh, little boy. we struggled uh, with the name. I kind of feel like Stone is a high floor, low ceiling. Like nothing sounds terrible, but nothing sounds great either. So we oh, just went. We just went with. Uh, we're gonna go with Adam Junior, and we're gonna call him AJ. Holy shit! There we go. So AJ Kohler, I already messaged AJ Kohler, so he's he's very proud. God, All right, a little mini Adam running around this oh, world. God. Good oh, God, Lord, Lord above. 
<laughs> we're in trouble. You didn't go. With, you didn't go with Greg Dallas' recommendation of Mark. He was really. He was really stoked right. on Mark. Yeah, he was like, name name a Mark that is not responsible. And uh, he challenged me to do that, and I couldn't do it. Every Mark that yeah. I've ever known has been a pretty legit guy. So there you go. I think we have not, not mine. I got a Mark right away. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> jail. I just feel, yeah, I feel like the people you know, Travis, are probably different than the people I know. Yes, it's probably very true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, so what? What? What's your Starbucks order, Travis? Basic, man. I'm a pike splash of half and half. That's it. Oh, just clean. Go venti or you go grande? What do you do? Go grande. Usually, usually just a tall because I don't grip through it. I just need like the first ten sips to get me feeling like I'm starting the day. Inspiring. Okay, but so today I have so, more time, so I went grande. I got, there you I got go. the big okay. one. Okay, yeah, so let's a podcast. Yeah, let's yeah. knock out some. Let's knock out a couple questions we have to talk about, and then let's get into some good stuff here. So first off, um, just kind of your. Uh, we we have to talk about Jack Sock. He had his uh, debut in North Carolina. You saw some firsthand. I don't believe you played him, but uh, were you able to play any rec, or have you been on the court with him at all? Yeah, so the first day that I got there on Tuesday, uh, he set up a private game right by his house. So I went out and played with him. Guy's really good. I mean, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. You know, yeah. um, but it was funny. Like what I think what a lot of people don't know is the guys that he and Tyson lost to first round are two buddies of his that live within like ten miles. Oh yeah. Oh so yeah. So when we went to the rec game, those two guys were there. I didn't know who they were, mm-hmm. but I was like, oh shit, these these guys are good. You know, these random guys that I've never seen before are good. And, but in, in a sense, it felt like they were there to practice like for Jack to ensure that he gets ready for this. You know, they have normal jobs and they're relatively normal yeah. guys. And, um, and so I think that it, it, it screwed him over. Like, I think if you would ask him what one team do you not want to play, it'd be that team. Cause they had such a good read on yeah. They were dinking cross, dinking cross. And then this one guy Dober would just poke it up the line at Tyson every time. Mm-hmm. And you know, he had no fear of the, the Tyson roll inside out or anything like that. Like he, he knew, he knew it was coming. Yeah, no, I know those guys. They're from Charlotte because I'm in Raleigh. So I've, oh, okay, I've, yeah. I've played that Dobrin guy has come and played, and I've played him a few times. Okay, right. And I mean, I, I, I mean, he's not, you know, someone that's challenging for medals every weekend, but the dude's not bad. No, they're good, <laughs> he, dude. And the he, other he, guy, he can play. Like a monster. Yeah, he can the play. The so. game is solid. Yeah, they're good. So, they're good players. So that, that is a very interesting situation that that's, what, what do we have, a 32 draw? That's the team he does not want to play who has, you know, seen him in action and kind of seen some of the tricks that he has. So uh, a little bit of bad luck there. But at the, yeah. at the same time, from what I saw, uh, he man, the, the dude moves like a gazelle. His court coverage is ridiculous, and and mixed doubles, you know, it was a little bit of chaos. And he had the perfect no, that's what he wants, right? Yeah, I mean, the, perfect, that, the perfect chaos partner with Annalie Waters, and not that correct. Tyson can't play that game, but probably a little little more structured and a little more controlled in his game. And also some of the things that I saw that Jack was doing pretty spectacular and mixed, but I knew it wouldn't be quite that easy in men's. Uh, sure. We only got to, we only got to see one match. So, you know, of course I didn't expect that, but I, I was, I would have been shocked if they would have meddled had they got through that first round anyway, with, with just some of the game style of men's, men's doubles. Yeah. So my prediction was quarter, quarter, semi beforehand. I thought he would go semis and mixed. And I still think that's where he should have lost to Julian and Viv, but mm-hmm. Julian for whatever, like got scared too, or too much I mean, respect. Five, some of these guys showed him, like fucking Jimmy Ignatovich showed him way too much respect. Like, when we yeah, got a shot, like, yeah, you Yeah, I know. Me? It was, just it was silly. Just play the guy. I didn't it like it. Silly. It bothered me. It was just like, come bothered on, me just too. a guy. 
Yeah. So, you know, credit to Jack. I definitely think his game style, similar to mine in a sense, like you have a good drive, you're a tennis guy, the mix is easier. You don't have to dink and have as much craft and, and, uh, and be as patient to get the guy in front of you. You can just kind of nub it to the girl and you're going to get another look. Uh, but undoubtedly, I mean, I think even in the tennis world, I put him as like a top five athlete. He's probably six three, two fifteen, and yeah. is so fucking explosive. It's frightening. His first uh, step's and crazy. I'm, it's crazy. Like he's so smooth to move, and the way he allows himself to not even hit a backhand dink, he just runs around forehanding, forehanding, and then somehow covers the middle, quick, like real quick. Uh, is something I don't think we've ever seen. Like obviously, Riley's really athletic. Riley looks pedestrian athletically next to that yeah. guy. Yeah. So then, of course, his hand speed's really good. His, you know, he's got soft hands. Like he has every attribute to be disgusting to take the game yeah. to a new level. But in playing the rec games with him, like I came off thinking, yeah, yeah, of course, he's super explosive, a lot of great shots, but he doesn't really know how to dink yet. Certainly off the backhand wing, and you're going to have to have that in the men's, or it's going to be, be exposed. And yeah. it did get exposed by those two dudes. They played great, but the game plan was pretty clear. If you can make him hit three, four, five dinks in a row, you're probably in good shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's the surprising part that you know I thought we could see more of in mix was why are why are I mean it's tough to make in game adjustments too, but like why aren't guys dinking more like kind of middle to Jack and then trying to go behind him to get the ball on the ground to his backhand dink because I think the one or two backhand dinks I saw him hit mixed he missed both of them. He yeah, just, he, he didn't, didn't make many of them. Get it there. Yeah, he just right. couldn't get it there, so it was tough. Um, but well, I man, think I, anyone I, else? Go ahead. I was just gonna say I also think it's a pretty huge testament to what Anna Lee can do with almost any partner. Right. It's right. That's what I'm going to say. It's like they went to him early and he was missing. And then when he started to play better, they went to her and she's better at creating offense than he was. You know, she can fade a line and she's so accurate off the bounce and hitting the shit out of the ball off the bounce. You'd think in your (laughs) head, like those are going long or she's going to miss. No, they're not like she's that good. And so, um, yeah, I I saw something someone put out, like how many people could she win mixed with? I got it like 15. Like there's yeah, 15 agreed. guys in my opinion. I think it's high. With. It's yeah, really I, high. I think She's one of the so cho- good. Yeah, one of the choices was nine plus. I was like, let's let's up that number maybe. Yeah, I mean it was just like even the force she creates off a shake and bake. Like most girls, you do a shake and bake, you hit the forehand, you hit it good, the ball's up, they don't put the ball away. Like they bake, yeah. it's great, good job. But but we we're still the point's still going. With her, it's over. You know, it's ending. Yeah. And I mean, it's nasty. Yeah, on her on her crash, like that's what that was so, what was so impressive. On her crash, she's she's putting that. She's not just crashing and just banging it. She's like placing it in really tight spots. That's what was so surprising bang. to me in rec. Like she she juked me a couple times, and I couldn't believe how accurate she was with force. You know, like and then she had some craft. She has this little forehand fade where she kind of shows you middle, but then she cuts it line out of the air and off the bounce. And I was just like, man, this girl's hit a lot of pickleballs. Like yeah, she's so, yeah. she's really. And she's a great athlete. You know, whatever, whatever anyone says, like I've had this question the other day, if she was to be a tennis player, do you think she's a, like a top 10 potential player? I do. I honestly do. I think she's striking the ball so cleanly with that little paddle. If you did put a racket in her hand, she's probably a, a top 10 caliber athlete. Yeah. yeah like if she, if she trains how she's trained for pickleball since, you know, she was at a young age, you think right. she'd be that good. No, she's yeah. one of the best players in the world for sure. Yeah. And I, th- I think it gets lost sometimes uh, to touch on what you said, Travis, because with the shot making, her court coverage is ridiculous. ridiculous. And to, to, to be able to poach with a two handed backhand. And I've never seen her like reaching like that's the issue with the two handed backhand is, is the reach, especially if you're poaching and she can whip it cross court, go middle and hit it cleanly 
hard with power inside out as well. All the spots. No, so, both uh, directions. It's very yeah. hard to read her. Yes, very, very impressive. We talk about her all the time, and you have to because every tournament she just brings it again. So uh, yeah. kudos to her and uh, way to way to carry that uh, top five athlete, <laughs> Annalie <laughs> Waters. I mean, back to back to men's real quick because um, obviously, yeah, if if men's is a different beast, more nuanced, you have to be able to have all the shots or you get exposed pretty quick. Uh, the, the surprise to me, and looking back, maybe it's not such a surprise was I, I don't think I've ever seen a match where Tyson pressed that hard and made that many errors. Hmm. Was that surprising? Uh, yeah, I guess so. You know, I think he saw the pattern maybe was, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I, a tough one for me to answer at the moment. Um, I think that he saw the pattern wasn't going to work in his favor if Jack kept thinking. So maybe he felt like as soon as he had the opportunity, he had to push it, you know, maybe yeah. try to create some organized chaos. And he was, you know, a little nervous. Like there was one ball early where the guy had to drive out and he just like shanks off the side of the paddle. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's just a nervous moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and there, there is a little pressure on him, you know, given the, the two previous well, days from Jack. Yeah. yeah making yeah, the championship sure. Sunday. 100%. And, and I think you're exactly right, Travis. It was probably a combination of worried a little bit about Jack's dinking and knowing he has an explosive guy who likes the, the, the attacks and the hand speed uh, going. So I think he was a little out of his comfort zone with, with that strategy. And I think what you said makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, uh, you know, that's a should nice, we, should fun. we stay on the Tyson subject? Oh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Robert. Jump in there. <laughs> Just a nice smile from Travis. <laughs> so Travis, obviously you're real diplomatic apparently. Yeah, you guys played a you guys played a Red Rock. Pat, you you know you complained about the paddle. I believe the paddle got tested and it came back hot. Is that correct? That's correct. And and what? So what's how's it, how's everything played out since that moment in terms of? In I terms mean, again, of, I'm gonna be real diplomatic here because I'm fucking. Yeah. Anyway, and I, and I'm gonna tell the truth too, so don't worry about that. But um, no. basically, the rules have changed and this is look here's my objective like it's been funny because selkirk was pissed at me for saying that uh you know it was a different paddle okay that's not what i was implying i was implying that companies all over can in theory create a paddle and mark it as anything that they want and you know this is an issue in pickleball that's gonna happen it's gonna take place and needs to be monitored part two is that I knew the paddle was hot right away by the sound, the way the ball was coming off. And he continued to play with it for seven, eight minutes more and ended up hitting forehands that I don't care how live your arm is. You don't hit those forehands and pickable. It's not possible. So that was the issue. So uh, after game one, I went to the referee and said, I would like to challenge the paddle. Maybe I could have used the verbiage. I want that paddle paddle tested, which is like the disputing moment. Anyway, so I talked to Connor Pardo about this. He was great, very transparent. Gotta give him credit. Um, and he said that basically the head referee is stating that I did not challenge the paddle during the match. Ludicrous. 100% happened. I think we all saw it. The, the, like, we all saw it. Well, like, that's what I told him. I was like, I didn't go over to him to ask him what he was having for dinner that night. Right. Like, I went over to him to say, hey, paddle's hot. And his words to me were, you have to challenge at the end of the match. Okay. So I challenged again and Tyson was honest. Like he put down the paddle at the end of the match. Hey, I'm sorry about that. Obviously something was wrong with the paddle. It delaminated. It was hot. Whatever. I was like, Hey, I get that all good, but I'm still going to challenge. Okay. So, you know, maybe a dick move on my part a little bit, but like for me, it's, it had nothing to do with my result. Although I felt like if the rules were in place appropriately, that he should have been defaulted. 
what it was more about was Tyson's obviously the biggest name in the sport at the moment. And if you contest his paddle, then it moves this protocol forward rapidly. And that was my objective. And from Connor's mouth, he, he credited me with that. He's like, look, we were moving at a snail's pace on this. Once you did that, we had to go faster. We had no choice. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, like, yeah, I've gotten some backlash for it, some heat for it, but I knew what I was doing was going to move the needle quicker. And I still think the testing protocol is a little shitty. I think they have it wrong. Uh, the barometer, the number that they have in place is it's stupid. It's like some magic or, guy just came down. Or deflection. Went, yeah. Like, I mean, uh, for example, Salome's paddle and Red Rock Pass, the one she played Leo with. Yeah. There's no chance that paddle should be passing. Yeah. The paddle I played against this weekend with Matt Wright, there's zero chance that paddle should pass. But it does because they have some metric that's like a 1.05. Like I can't tell you the exact number, but but there, it's way too hot. So if you're gonna if you're gonna have the appropriate speed off the paddle, then you need to find a different number that's appropriate to keep the game in the place that it is, or else it's just gonna get scary. It's gonna get to the point where people are wearing protective eyewear, and you know, in a cold cold weather, like you could literally blind somebody or hit them in the nose, break their nose. It's stupid. It ruins the game, in my opinion. Like, you can't have an overhead from the kitchen line and the ball's going 120 miles an hour. It needs to stay around 80. And if, if it yeah. gets to that point, which I think is where it's at now, that's good. Like, you have rallies and, and people getting, you know, out of, out of shitty situations. And that's fun. Uh, if it gets too fast, it's not fun anymore. Yeah. So, no, yeah, anyway, the – go ahead. No, 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 no. Hey, go ahead. Adam, oh, I, 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 yes. I, 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 <laughs> Uh, Adam, you go. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I, I, I was just going to mention that I agree completely with Travis in terms of not fun anymore, not the game that I started playing six or seven years ago. But how about for just full-fledged growth and viewership of random people? What do you say about that? And, and so it's kind of a yin and yang, a kind of contrast there, because I totally agree. You know, I wish well, everyone... Yeah, I wish everyone played with the pro light with no grit and whatever else. And we had these crazy points, but that's never going to happen. And no one wants to watch that who doesn't know blocks and resets and dinks. Uh, So So Matt Matt obviously chirps a lot, right? And and we got into it during the match a little bit. And I challenged his paddle, even though I knew his paddle was going to pass. I just did it to kind of be a prick. (laughs) And and, and just to make a point, like if this thing passes, then something's wrong. So I actually went up and talked to him afterwards. He was cool. We have no problems. Just want to be really clear about that. Uh, in fact, it was like, it was really good banter, but you know, in his words, it's like when I first started playing, I thought that the game needs to get fat, faster for better viewership. I retracted that statement. Like I, I'm wrong. I was wrong. I think the game needs to stay where it is for better viewership. It, it, it creates craft. It creates interest. It creates long points, which if anytime you have a long point, if you're at a match, that's when the state the, the crowd, Oh, wow. So you don't want to get rid of that. And I think as, as soon as it gets too fast, you ruin that. And, and Matt was kind of still under the previous version. Like, well, in order for the television you know, viewership to get better, uh, the game needs to speed up. Again, don't agree necessarily. And I think that's what he was insinuating. And so you, it's a very fine line because if it gets too fast, then obviously no good for rec. And ultimately, the more people that play, the more money we all make, the more interest there is. So, um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to hopefully stay not quite at the pro light level there, Adam, but you know, <laughs> 0-2 is, is a fine number for me. Sure. Yeah. I think we're at a, we're at a speed right now, as long as it doesn't go too much too like, you know, too much faster that we get the balance. Like we're not having like these hundred plus dink rallies, right? The points are still right. relatively short. You get into solid dink rallies, but 
then the the speed ups come are, are are coming pretty quick. So it's not like this doldrum of a match where it's just you know all dinks. That's just not the case anymore. And I think if we go like you're saying, Travis, if we do speed it up even faster, like the points are going to be, we're going to be talking like what tennis turned into, which is a big serve and a big forehand. The points over, yeah, and that's don't want it's that. super boring. So boring. So yeah. so anyway, the, uh, the back to the Tyson thing real quick, and then and I don't think it's Tyson's fault. I don't like uh, some of the commentary posts because I don't. I'm a pretty transparent guy, even if it gets me in trouble. I will be honest, and I think it was pretty fucking clear that I challenged the paddle. Uh, I think it was very clear after the match from the referees that I challenged the paddle as I sat in the referees booth for 30 minutes. And the interesting part to me is again, I have no nothing to gain here. Like, there's no benefit to me. There wasn't paddle testing on site. So they couldn't advance me forward. I don't care if Tyson loses his points or prize money. It means absolutely nothing to me. But what does matter is the truth. And for them to proclaim that I didn't challenge the paddle when it was so obvious that I did, that bothers me. Like, I yeah. want to. Yeah. And I, and I told this to Connor to look at bad optics. It looks like you guys are sweeping this under the rug because it's Tyson and then Sarah Ansbury gets kicked in the balls. Still looks like that, way. to be honest. Still looks like, and he knew, and he recognized it right away. He's like, I know, and I do not want that. But, but to his credit, again, the head referee is legitimately saying, Travis did not officially challenge the paddle. It's like, okay, well, my man, what was I doing in the referee's office for yeah. 30 minutes hearing two referees tell me, like, oh, sorry, we can't advance you because the show must go on. We don't have paddle testing. But if this paddle comes back hot, then he loses his points and prize money. And that obviously didn't happen. So it's a bad yeah. look for them. I was, was going to say, uh, why, why did it not happen? Because if you like, let's look at tennis, for example, and something was deemed illegal during a match after the fact and tennis, would they retroactively go back and that match would be defaulted and prize money defaulted? Is that how correct. it would work? And tennis? generally what would happen. So like, uh, let's say that I had lost Tyson. I would go to send, I don't get to advance fast further, but I get semis points. So I move, I move ahead and he loses his points in prize money. So they yep. give me that one match. They don't give me the others because I didn't play them. But, but that takes, and again, I don't give a shit whether it's quarters or semis points. I care less. Sure. What I care about is one, that the protocol is in place, and two, the people are honest about what transpired. I think Connor is trying to do that, and actually, which is you know maybe contrarian to my normal views, I think they're doing a really good job of, of attempting to put their correct protocols in place and taking it step by step, because I think it's a difficult problem. I think it's something that you can't just figure out right away, because there's so many moving parts, and there's so many companies that are doing things in from a manufacturing process. But I really do think that they are on their way to putting something in place. MLP in particular is also making great strides here to ensure that this stays legal and that this is a fair playing field for everyone. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, I wish there was a little bit more uh, accountability and honesty in this particular topic, but I don't think we're going to see it. Okay. What, what right, do Travis, you feel like is... Oh, sorry. Go, Rob. Yeah, I was just going to say, what, what do you feel like is the answer in terms of paddle testing? Like, is it... Is it getting these paddles tested before and after every match? I mean, it's so cumbersome. And then you look at like the amateur game, it's going to be impossible to regulate that. So it just feels like we have a very nuanced system in terms of paddle legality. Um, is, is what we're doing the correct answer or is there something more widespread that would cover all the bases? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question and I don't have the answer to it. I wish I did. I've kind of pondered this one for a little bit. Um, I've heard a lot of quote unquote solutions, but I don't think any of them are the appropriate solution. Um, one that I heard that I thought was interesting, like you, everyone plays with the same paddle. Yeah, you do that, but you still have the same issue. It looks like the same paddle, but I can go, go in my fucking garage here and manipulate it. You know, so you're still not solving the issue. So I, I don't have the answer to that. I don't know what, what it is. What I will say, 
Uh, and this is just to, you know, be a little bit more diplomatic, but it's also the truth. I think Selkirk has like the lowest affection rate of any company. So they were pissed at me. And my rebuttal was like, look, if there's more protocol in place, it's a benefit for you. Companies that have a 30% effective rate now have to change their entire manufacturing process. You guys just keep it as is the status quo. So why the fuck is what I'm saying a detriment to you shitting on your company as you proclaim, which has been, which has been good to me. They supported me for a year now. But with that said, the more protocol in place, if you are above water and you are doing things correctly, it is good for you. If you are doing, and, and look, any company that I represent at this point, I tell them straight, like if you fuck up and if you are cheating and I know it, I will say something like your money doesn't buy my silence. That is fact. And it's, it's always going to be that way. Love it. So, yeah, I love that too. So Travis, what did that ref, what was that ref having for dinner? Uh, apparently like scallops or maybe he had some fucking corn dogs. I don't know. Man. Corn dogs. <laughs> he went from scall seared scallops to corn dogs. That's well, that's a wide range. Point, right? It was a wide, wide variety because he wasn't telling me shit. All he told right. me was to challenge after the match, which made no sense to me. Okay. Well, you, you, you have already used this word once in the podcast. So let's talk a little bit about it. And the word is chirping. So would you say, I think you're obviously one of the best at it. Uh, you enjoy that back and forth. And from what, what I've seen, I don't think rebuttal or someone starting it with you really affects your play. And I think that's the key to being a good chirper is when they chirp back, it doesn't affect you. It only affects them. So that's pretty positive. So do you, is this just kind of a constant thing? Do you have a couple people you pick on? Do you like the the Matt Wright stare in your eyes and say something, or maybe the, the Pablo say it just to where they can hear it kind of situation. Tell us a little bit about the chirping. Cause I know you're one of the best. Uh, so for me, I honestly, like everyone thinks I do it to get in the other guy's head. Mm -hmm. Like people have said that to me, even Deacon was saying it has nothing to do with the other guy, at least for me, for me, it's just, it, I, I'm a lot looser and having more fun when I'm talking shit. Like that's just how I'm at my best. And so Definitely if I see it's getting to somebody, like I think it got to Jimmy and Tyler this weekend, mm -hmm. and it's coming. More is coming. But usually it's just to kind of loosen me up and make me feel a little bit more whatever, machismo, brash, whatever you want to say. The one thing that I fucking hate that I have to say, but this is true, is I felt even though we were down, I had like eight hands battles with Matt. I'm going to say I was up 6'2". He'd probably deny that, but that's what it was. <laughs> and... And all of a sudden he wins one and he's like, yeah, nine two me or something like that. I was like, ridiculous. One, your paddle is so hot and you are not even close to a head. And then sure enough, after he started talking, I started pressing probably like three or four in a row and just got absolutely shit on. So that was like the first time where the, the, the back and forth did not work in my favor. He, he beat me out and credit to him. Like he shit talked appropriately and he, he won that war. Yeah. And I, and I respect that you, do that for you but i have a feeling that matt is the complete opposite and he does it uh, <laughs> yeah, for so. them so there's, yeah. yes there's uh there's no question about that and here's another question i know that you uh obviously the the co-owner of the florida smash and you live down in florida so you have a nice relationship with jw johnson uh nice kid uh maybe his partner in even nicer kid do you think riley and matt what they do, how they go about it, how they chirp. Uh, do you think that affects the kids play and some of these uh, recent matchups? Uh, boy, I would have said no until I saw that JW played in this final because oh, he was playing bully. insane. Uh, he played so well in the semis quarters, even when we like in mixed, I was pretty hobbled. I had a little hip thing side note, but he was so fast and so good. It's like, shit, this guy's playing unbelievable. Seeing it like a grapefruit. 
Um, and so I don't know if it was like a one-off that he just played poorly, but what I watched in Newport and, and I thought this was like, this is just a praise for Georgia Johnson. Cause I'm a fan and I, I love her. I think she's awesome, but he was being, being Matt, you know, he was, he was letting it fly and doing all his things. And they were down, I would say Georgia was down like 6'3 or 6'4 in the third game, she and JW. And there's a ball that's disputed. JW calls it out. We all know JW doesn't hook. He calls it out and Matt questions it, but Georgia wasn't sure. And she literally was like, mm, and gave him the point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, like class, fucking this girl's 16 and she has it figured out way better than me and everybody else. Cause it, it just, uh, so I don't, I don't think it affects her to be honest. I think she just plays and she's worried about how she handles herself. I, it might affect JW a little bit more, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't really react, so you don't really know. So I would, I mean, I know you yeah. know him better than most. So that's kind of what I was uh, kind of prying at, but mm. yeah, I mean, they, they're, they're so even keeled, uh, no ups, no downs. So it's hard, hard to know what's really going on in that brain, but I, I have to feel like, occasionally from time to time some of the some of the mouthy stuff can kind of snowball on the kids and kind of kind of get them down a little bit but of course that's uh, speculation on my part yeah uh, I like seeing too. I like seeing I mean it's for me it's really hard to chirp at somebody that just like it's well one's like a child and two is not like giving you anything back they're like just <laughs> nice pleasant people and you see like Riley like hitting a put away then like going to the net, like staring them down, talking, chirping, asking for the ball back. It's like the, the balls and like the, the ability to do that to a kid. That's just like a pleasant, nice kid is just yeah. next level. And I actually I think, always play terrible against JW always because yeah. the guy gives me nothing. And I, I like him. I play <laughs> yeah. awful against him every time. I'm always like, Hey, great shot. You're playing so good. Good job. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I, nice boy. Yeah. And I, I always have a lot of respect. I've said this on the broadcast before for, for, for any of the kids in these big spots, any of the teenagers, because I was a disaster. I mean, a disaster when I was 16, 18, 20 years old. So these big spots, uh, this added pressure, I know maybe they're kids, they don't realize it as much or, or it's not as tangible. But at, but at the same time, a lot of these kids are handling themselves nicely. They have good demeanors. They're respectful and they're not letting these these kind of big moments get to them. So I, I have a lot of respect for that because if I was in the same boat at 16 or 17, I, I would collapse and there's no question about it. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm saying no, uh, no highs and no lows. I would say the, the one thing that impresses me, and I think, it, I think this does matter in terms of ceiling, is Georgia visibly to me – just wants it once she's having fun out there she's smiling but she's very fiery and i think you yeah. need that fire in terms of getting to the next level and the, the one thing i do worry about with j-dub is that he doesn't want it bad enough and doesn't show the fire and like so just looking at the two of them i have to give the edge to georgia in terms of ceiling based on her demeanor on court and how it just appears that she is really hungry yeah she got a lot of juice so like the demeanor fool, you just got a lot of juice. Yeah. Do you think J-Dub's demeanor um, affects him in terms of what, he, like, it, you know, he does often look bored, looks disinterested. Yeah. Does that affect I think I, I think so a little bit. Um, you know, again, like you said, I watched Georgia bouncing around. Like literally when we were playing her in mixed, there was a timeout. They're killing us. They got like a game in 5-2 and she's literally hopping like side to side. And it was like, man, this girl's having the time of her life. Like this sucks. 
she, <laughs> sucks. This sucks because she's having so much fun and we're just getting routed here. Oh, yeah. And yeah, Jado's just stoic. I do think, yeah, like if you look at any other sport, even the ones who are really tempered and quiet, you occasionally get to see a roar or a, uh, you know, even a moment of like pure anger. I don't know if he has that in him. You know, I think mm -hmm. it's a circumstance yeah. where he's just exceptionally really, really good at something. Um, and maybe that kind of competitive nature isn't normal, natural for him. Yeah. Uh, it's, it obviously is for Georgia because, you know, in playing with her, like she will look me square in the eye and scream directly in my face when we play mix. If, if yeah. things aren't the way she wants them to be, uh, or if they are, or if they're going correct, you know, she's got, she's got, she's got a lot of juice. So yeah, I think it does, uh, prohibit him from being the best player in the world, which I think he's certainly capable of being. All right. So I have one more, one more JW question, and this is also speculation and pretty funny if it's true. So I heard that at MLP one, you co-owner of the Florida smash, uh, JW was the first round pick. And, uh, so often we have a group text going on after the guy gets picked to talk about who he would like to partner with. And I think that I heard that someone said something. What about Travis Rettenmeyer? Should we tra draft Travis Rettenmeyer? And J-Dub said, no, don't draft him. And you were actually on the text thread. Is that true, Travis? I think it was a family thing. I don't think it was just J-W. But, yeah, that's partially true from what I can say, you know, without throwing them under the bus too much. But it all worked out smoothly. And I didn't I didn't take anything to it. Like, I, went, I didn't blame them. They, nobody knew me. And, and sure, like if yeah, I was, sure. uh, yeah, I'd played like two tournaments at that point. Like, I don't want that guy. I want someone I know. Hey, so well, nothing, no, no sweat off, no sweat for me. Pretty dang funny story though. And yeah. you got kind of have to have a chuckle at it. I mean, you had played two, par two tournaments at that time. And Travis, I mean, you've had a, I mean, I've had a long career. I'm retired now. You've had a pretty short career, but there's been a couple times where I have been the highlight for you. Uh, let's see, I would beating myself and DJ isn't a huge win or anything, but it was one of your first kind of bigger, bigger wins. Yes. At the For moment. Sure. And, and Punta Gorda. And then also we had MLP Columbus where I don't know, 12 or 13 out of 16 <laughs> singles points. You destroyed that me was on. So, though. I mean, the poor guy couldn't move. I hit a well, lob for Christ's sake. <laughs> either, either way, a lob and singles. Either way, I just wanted to say that I'm very happy now in my retirement to uh, have propelled you a little bit into your pickleball journey. Uh, you're welcome so much, Travis. Yeah, I appreciate that, buddy. Thanks for the comments. <laughs> so good. Okay, so we got, I mean, no, we, we talked about some nice juicy stuff there and I like that, but let's get to just a couple, a couple questions that the viewers really, uh, really like. So what is your, just kind of your standard practice crew and, and one of your, just your routine in terms of drilling and, and, and uh, rec play and, and things like that? <laughs> That's comical. Um, so mine is probably a little unconventional. Okay. Um, I spend far more time working out or in the gym just simply because where I am, which I'm going to still state is the best community for pickleball in the world, which is St. Pete Crescent Lake is the center of the universe to me, but we don't have a lot of great players. We have right. the majority five Oh, uh, maybe four guys like that. And then we got one monster in Austin Chikaitalov who I get to drill with a fair bit, but really my practice partner is Graham. And for those of you that know me know that Graham is usually my shadow and we do pretty much everything together, uh, at least pickleball related. So, you know, I would say I work out probably six days a week, 
for about an hour, an hour, hour and a half, whether that's with at the gym on my own, but I started working with Connor Derrickson. For those of you that don't know him, he was Captain Parento's trainer for a long time. I think they're still working together. He lives about a mile from me and the guy is fucking awesome. Like so professional, very structured. I've noticed a difference right away in my body, how I'm feeling. Uh, but from a drilling perspective, yeah, like I take Graham out there two or three days a week. We drill for about an hour. I'm not a great driller. Like I want to play games and I, and I don't even mean it like two on two games, but if it's head to head, Okay, it's a dink game. First guy to attack, uh, you know, probably why my dinking is suspect because I just don't like doing it. But yeah, uh, I just try to take out the buddies that I have and make the most of it. And then I get a lot of flack for this, but it's been the best thing that I ever did. Is you know, some pros will ask me like, "You go out and play rec games?" Yeah, I go out and play rec games all the time. You know, I went and did it last night, and I play for about an hour and a half. The average player is probably like a four zero to four five. It's not high level pickleball by any means. But like, these are the people that uh, told me to go play, supported me when I was shit, when I had no interest in going to play pickleball. And I take a lot of pride in the fact that I always go back there. I always play with them. I put my paddle on the rack just like anybody else. And, and we duel, we battle, and we have fun, and we talk shit. And that's the way it is. And I'm cool with that. You know, I, of course, I wish there were some better players around, but I like the fact that I'm just a, a part of this pickleball community and, and that they've embraced me and pushed me forward as much as they have. Well, that's, that's a fantastic sick. answer there, Travis. I like that a lot. Uh, <laughs> giving back, taking and giving back. This is full circle. Oh, I take a lot more. Well, I have seen a couple. Yeah, I have seen a couple pictures of, of you and uh, Chicken to Love at the gym, and kind of look similar to me and Rob at the gym. You know, same body yeah. types. You know, you yeah. know, real, same, real similar stuff. Real same similar. weight. Same. Yeah, exactly. Did you see the one with Grant by chance? That was a really. I did not. I did not see that. I saw oh, you. I saw you flexing. God. I saw you flexing. Pretty legit. Rams in there. Graham's in there. Trust me. You got to see his flex. Incredible. <laughs> okay, stuff. good. Amazing. Yeah, good, yeah. good, good. But yeah, it's, 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 it's a common theme to some of our guests and some of the, you know, chatter, you know, that I've been having is a balance between gym work and court work. And, you know, yeah, there's a lot of bending and lunging, a lot of long days. Uh, sure. you, you, you can't have, you can't have dips with, uh, uh, you know, with, with the talent that's out there. And if you are even, Two percent tired—that's a big deal. So, uh, being getting in the gym, uh, almost as important as being on court. So that's good to see you kind of, uh, kind of balancing it out. Yeah, more figuring out what the balance is. Yeah, yeah couple yeah, cues sure. here, Travis. Uh, so on the when you when you are playing at is Crescent Lake, right? Yes, sir. So when you're playing at Crescent Lake and you're playing the four oh four fives, how are you going into that? Because uh, you know often when you're playing kind of lower level players, you can get into making some, you know, creating some bad habits, speeding stuff up that you shouldn't speed up all the time. How do you go into that rec play? Do you, do you just try to stay disciplined say, I'm going to just stay soft this game? What's the thought process there? I wish I was that analytical about it, but mostly it's just having <laughs> fun, you know, just getting just some playing. touches and feeling the ball. Yeah. Just playing. And then generally I don't take over much. Like I'll let the guy to my right or to my left play. We usually play it normal. Like we don't stack, just play it normal. Um, and then like I always tell them like, I don't sit because we have a lot of people waiting. Like if you lose, yeah. you have about an hour wait. So I'll tell the person like, Hey, if we're down seven, five, Hey, you're not touching the ball again. You know, <laughs> God, I can't sit. Yeah. yeah we're not, I'm not waiting. I'm not sitting down for an hour. I mean, you're so, almost 40. Um, you're almost 40. You can't wait. You can't, I can't wait. wait. I'll stiffen up. Wait. Trust me. Yeah, guys are getting litty titty on the side. Like, we don't need to crack open the first gear. I just want to get yeah. this done and get out of here. Uh-huh. Um, so, no, like, but a lot of times, if I want more, longer rallies, like, I'll tell whoever I'm playing with. And I, I play with Graham a lot because he just kind of will 
go with the flow of what I want to do, I'll say, okay, we're only thinking this game. Like, I don't care yeah. if the ball's nipple level, like reset yeah. it. Let's try to get some rallies. Um, or he'll just basically say like, I'll hit the serve and get off and you play. And then every now and then guys let me play one on two, you know? So like that'll every now and then I'll come in and just be like, all right, two on one, let's go. Which is, which is actually easier for me in this particular context yeah. because nobody touches the ball but me. Um, but that's, that's pretty much how I do it. It's fun. Yeah. I enjoy it. No, it's, it's super fun. And speaking of, you, you just opened that one up, Travis, uh, two yeah. on one. <laughs> so, I mean, dude, I have just personally, it was one of the most, like I was, I think it'd be the most viewed thing ever. So what happened with it, with the NML two on one thing? Quick, quick fans? summary. It wasn't yeah. their fault. It was on me. Uh, November, December kind of when this all started and obviously tournaments are kind of tapering down at that point. Uh, seemed like there was a lot more time. I was really adamant. We had a spot here in Florida called Ferg Sports Bar, which is the largest sports bar in Florida that was going to host it, build a court. Like we were on track for that exact. And we're like, this is going to be awesome. We're going to have all of our peoples around. People are going to get hammered. We're going to sell tickets. We're going to (laughs) have broadcasting. We had Fox News come out and interview. We're like, okay, we are good. And then we got the word, which we should have done our due diligence earlier, that you can't gamble like that in the state of Florida. It's not allowed. Like, if you do it, which I already have enough problems, you're going to walk out in handcuffs and be in an orange jumpsuit 12 hours later. And say, fuck, really? It's good PR. Right. <laughs> I don't need more of that. I was riding my brand skyrocketing after that. <laughs> Jesus, could you imagine? Um, yeah, yeah, I got enough problems, bro. So, um, yeah, so that, that that. Like a, we're gonna di- we're gonna dig into that next. Great, fantastic. <laughs> so we uh, we basically were starting to look for another venue around. We were looking at New Orleans, and they were really adamant. We want to do this within a month. We want to do this within twenty five days. And I was like, my man, like chill out. I'm not doing this at a park with eight people watching. That's not happening. Yeah. So like, if this happens, and when this happens, this will be done appropriately. We're gonna have someone who who plans events like this, and we're gonna get tickets, and we're gonna get people streaming and watching, and whether that's whatever platform is going to do that that's how we're going to do it and then of course the season kind of started and it's overwhelming like you're traveling every week you're home for 10 days for me the days that i'm home which is less generally about a week like i'm dad you know i got to be dad now so it just it just fell off my priority list and once the florida thing kind of took place it was like shit this is going to take a lot of effort to put this together appropriately and i wasn't in the place to do it uh so it just kind of fell on the back burner now when the season kind of slows down again Maybe it picks back up. Maybe we can get this going again, but I, I wouldn't count on it. Yeah, gotcha. Well, it would be highly viewed. I know. It sucks, man. Like, <laughs> I I'd mean, love you, to do it because I think I'd route the guys, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, and if you're, if you're going to do it, you're absolutely right. You have to make it an event. It can't, it can't, yeah. be, it can't be, you know, a couple, couple four O's at the local park watching. Well, and that's what they kept saying. Like, let's yeah, do it at a park. It was like, no, why, why would I do no, that? No, no, no. Like, I want, no, no, like no. the money, sure, the money is interesting. I get that. But this should be something that people are interested in and view. And, yeah, that's the point of this. It's a pretty high-stakes game for a local park. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, although Crescent would fill, I guarantee you. Yeah. yeah, a little, little bit different uh, than my, my practice in St. George, Utah in my early years where we were playing dollar games. A little, little bit different. A couple extra zeros. On, yeah, a couple, couple, a couple extra zeros on there. <laughs> yeah. So speaking, I think we're all in the same age bracket, right? All I'm late 30s, Adam, 40s. Late 30s. 31. I'm almost there. 41. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's, for you, Travis, looking at kind of where you're at right now with life, being a dad, being a pickleball player and kind of looking forward to the next like five, 10 years. How do you see this all playing out for you? 
Like, do you want to keep playing through the forties? Like what's, what, what are you looking at? I'd like to play as, I mean, I really enjoy playing, you know, it's a, it's a challenging question because of my stake in MLP and as a Florida smash owner, there's conflict of interest there, which is obviously an issue that will be addressed at some point. And I'm going to have to make that decision on whether I, you know, potentially don't play or retain my shares or how that's going to work. But, you know, I was pretty adamant with myself when I put, uh, when I stopped my previous job that no matter what I was going to maintain, um, my position in pickleball, this, this was going to be where my, my life went. And I don't exactly know what that entails. I kind of did it blindly. It was just on blind faith that, you know, this is something I really enjoy. Uh, I'm no longer chasing monetary gain, although there's been some and it's been nice, but, but the objective of this was never like, I want to profit substantially and I want to be fucking sure. rich. Like I didn't, I didn't really care about that at this point. Uh, I, what I wanted was just to enjoy what I was doing and, and I really enjoy playing uh, I enjoy what pickleball does for the people that are in my community that are around me. I want to kind of alter the fabric of pickleball. So we're actually opening up a facility here called St. Pete Athletic Club. That's an indoor facility that has 16 courts, a Padel court, uh, ping pong. Like my, my objective is that St. Pete is a insane pickleball destination where all the homies that I've been playing with since the beginning go and have beers and play fucking pickleball and they bring their kids. And like, if that's my next 30 years, then I did really good. Yeah, it sounds fun. No, that's great. And and I can't I can't describe to everyone at home enough how big a deal it is to be 22 and have nothing to do. Like I have so much respect for the the Travis's out there and you know what we talk about Matt Wright with the skill set in his mid 40s, but I'm talking about just life. Like life gets in the way. So to have to have a balanced life and to be a pro pickleball player when you're, you know, playing James Ignatowicz, who plays 14 hours a day and has nothing else to do, that's a big deal. So I, I, I know personally kind of how that is. And so just wanted to say, you know, some of those older players, a lot, a lot of respect to them, not just physically on the court, but what they have to go through uh, to be relevant uh, in this moment right now. Three or four years ago, a little bit different. You could get away with it. Now it's a big deal. It's a big deal when you don't have that time. Uh, so, so just wanted to, to shed some light on that, uh, for, for the viewers at home, what some of these guys and gals are going through. I own Jimmy. <laughs> I own Jimmy. That a boy. Love that. Love that. <laughs> I love Jimmy. So I can say it, but I do. I own Jimmy. I know, oh, I know, where, he, I, I know where he's going. No, he's fun. And he's got a nice, he's got a nice vibe about him. So he sure uh, does, man. very yeah, self-deprecating, so, comical. Sure. Like he actually walked by when he lost, when he lost the backdrop. And I was like, Jimmy, how'd it go? I'm just going to teach from now on. I'm terrible. That's right. <laughs> just an instant reaction. So yeah, yeah that's right. like Jimmy. Yeah, for sure. Travis, how uh, I, so just Deacon's still underrated, man. He's that dude's yeah. playing some good ball. He's playing good he ball great. and he's not getting, I don't think he's getting enough uh, credit for what he's doing out there. I mean, he's still steady as a rock, still has great hands, doesn't have a lot of the aggressive attacks, but that's what you're for, right? But he can clean up pretty well and he stays. Yeah, he, yeah I mean, you look credit to him and, and, and full disclosure, like full transparency. When we played in Mesa, we were so bad um, that I like started getting offers from other people and I was like, shit, you know, I gotta, I gotta think about this because fuck man, we were so bad. He played great in, uh, like, I thought this was going to be a wash. You know, obviously he got dropped from Challenger League. He hadn't been playing much. Like, in my mind, it's like, all right, I, I, made, an, I made an error. The ship has sailed. It passed him by. He's a little too old. Yeah. There's a lot of guys in this that are trying their ass off, playing a lot. But he played lights out in, uh, in Charlotte. I mean, I think the whole day he maybe missed two or three backhand drops. Other than that, the backhand drop was in the kitchen every fucking time. 
Like if yeah. the ball went back to him, I never even once thought like I got to hold back. He might float this. It was it was in the, it was not it. And then um, yeah, he has a few things that he essentially can't do. Like he's not rolling the ball exceptionally well from below the net. You know, he doesn't have that kind of snap. But yeah. if you're just going cross court dink rally, he's pretty pretty steady, man. He's not going to really give you a lot. And his decision making is very good. And you know, more than anything, like I had a great time playing. He was a great partner, supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yes. positive yeah. he was he was fun like he was fucking awesome and so um yeah we were, we're gonna play a fair bit more for the rest of the year and and hopefully keep having those results because it was fun to you know just stick it to the young guys a little bit like bronze medal match we were playing jay who i, I love jay like i think he's a very gregarious fun guy and he's telling me how tired he was like, yeah man 28 you're tired huh like <laughs> ridiculous you know <laughs> absurd uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were we were having fun. Steve played fantastic, especially in that match. So um, I think we can we can continue to do well. Yeah. So I mean, I, I have a lot of experience with Steve too. I think I think your 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 words hold true for me as well. So I mean, first off, let's just go through his uh, his nicknames because they're fun. We have originally <laughs> we had Steve Podium Deacon. I already mentioned the Canadian Beaver. Uh, we also have uh, Canada's finest, and I'm allowed to say this because we're Wilson. both we're both well endowed. But D Cup Deacon, that's a pretty good one right there. So, oh, okay, I got you. I was like, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, well endowed. Yes, uh, I didn't mean I meant above the belt, not below the belt. So there. You go. <laughs> yes, Fair but uh, but yeah, I, I've had some great experience. Great partner. He's he's fun to fight with. He's fun to battle with. And yeah. it was very very unfortunate because I had him lined up for a bunch of APPs and. 2022 maybe and he had that wrist injury so i didn't get to go to battle with him quite as much as i wanted to but uh everything you said about steve and my experience playing with him i agree with great guy great guy good player getting no respect yeah speaking of canada's finest i was supposed to play with him in atlanta but he got the he got the call up he got the call up uh dropped me but not for another player dropped me to go to toronto to throw out the first pitch of a blue jays game because he is canada's finest Oh, so got to res- got to respect that. That I mean, yeah, for him. yeah, yeah, so well, cool. Then a lot, and a lot said of people. Oh, go ahead. Ron. Giving away fifteen thousand paddles at that game. Fifteen thousand paddles. I don't know which company, but to Sweet. get fifteen thousand paddles in the hands of people attending a baseball game is pretty dope. That boy, cool. Steve. Uh, yeah, and a lot of people don't know he had a very, very good tennis background. He was like Canadian champion a bunch of different years, and I don't know quite know the the full specifics, but he's got a pretty rock solid uh, uh racket sports background as well, well i'll tell you steve's the most underrated shot guys forehand drive is money mm-hmm. he's yeah. the shit out of that thing it's a loser yeah, right and it's pretty much a pretty much a forehand drive backhand drop situation with steve he he's rarely never, he's, he's never ever rarely. hitting a backhand drive it's never yeah ever. right well that, that never hitting he, forehand drop either <laughs> not very often no. not not oh, very I got often. You, i got you i got you yeah got not you. That, that's what i meant yeah that's what i meant so uh yeah, he, he, he's one of those guys that really doesn't go back and forth too much. It's backhand, slice, drop, forehand, drive. So, and it works for him. It absolutely works for him. So, yeah, um, yeah good stuff. Adam, you got anything else? Uh, I mean, I have a couple of things I could dip into, but we're creeping on 50 minutes. What do you think, Travis? How's that? How's that grande splash of cream? I got a few more for you. Go ahead. Okay. I was just going to, because I, I just, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had a, a conversation uh, via text with Anna Bright and we were just talking about what, since the, the sport is so new, what a prototypical player would be like in five years in terms of physical skills, whether that's 
uh, actual shot making, whether that's, you know, height and reach and, and also what kind of perfect sports background or mesh between the, t- the two of say badminton, ping pong, tennis, whatever, what, what are kind of your thoughts? Cause obviously there's tennis players with different styles, but they all kind of sort of look alike at the top, you know, with, uh, in terms of, yeah, just, just how they look physically and their strokes and things like that. You have a little more leeway with, with pickleball. What do you think, Travis? Uh, I mean, I think definitely some ping pong would be nice. I think that's been proven with some of the guys who are having success that, that played it prior. But, uh, yeah, you're going to bet against a Federer body type. Like, I'd take a Jack Sock body type. 6'3 is good. 6'2, 6'3, you have to be agile, uh, super fast hands. But, like, I've advocated for this. I would love to see the guys who are, like, the top doubles players in the world, like Joe Salisbury, not necessarily Rajiv. Rajiv's obviously silky smooth, but not the fastest guy ever. Joe is fast as fuck. Like, the guy is so quick. So that skill set transferring over would be really interesting to me. Uh, someone that's really at the top of the doubles game right now that's doing it with hand speed and craft. So, yeah, I mean, I think tennis background is always going to take precedent. That's always going to be the, the best background you can have. Uh, I think the unconventional is beneficial, but I think it also has a lot of, of, of cons as well. So, yeah, if you play a little ping pong and, and tennis is your primary and you serve and volley a lot and you chip the ball and you have, have that kind of craft, that's, that's always going to be the primary. Yeah, and I, I think that's kind of been a battle, uh, kind of how I think of it, as you were talking about the the kind of unorthodox player who has some funk and some deception, but they struggle re- keep repeating their mechanics. So they, they, exactly. have, they have they have loose airs. So, uh, you know, that's always kind of been a battle and I always think about Bubba Zabinden, you know, who who would have, you probably don't know him, Travis, but he he had a, he, he, he had a super funky game. He would, he would hit crazy slow winners because of his deception, but also would randomly miss. So that's always kind of, that's always kind of a battle. And Rob and I have, have also talked about, is there, could there possibly be a height that is too tall? So reach is awesome, you know, but is covering your body, bending foot speed, you know, c- kind of those things, is it kind of get to a point where it's actually a detriment being tall. So I, I kind of really like, I kind of really like what you were saying of that six, one to six, four range and really athletic. I, I think that that could really be kind of the, the, the type of player that, that kind of takes off uh, as we move forward in the sport. Yeah. Plus you get too big, the target gets big. And as we know, mm-hmm. a lot of these speed ups, we're just trying to hit the guy. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, so you absolutely. Get a big body like Silgestrom in there, fast right. hands, but that's a big body. Yeah. My, my, my target doesn't have to be that good. Yeah. Big man, big target. And we, uh, Anna and I also talked about where technique just absolutely crucial in tennis and also very uh, crucial in pickleball as well, but not quite so much. So yeah, we less were kind technical of, for sure. yeah, so we were kind of talking about just some explosive fast twitch athlete who has a great first step and crazy hand speed and has enough technique to get by. Uh, so that's uh, kind of what we settled on possibly for the man, uh, or, or woman where they're just that explosive fast, twitch athlete, all the hand speed, all the foot speed, and just enough technique, uh, to be consistent enough to, to be successful. I don't think we've seen great athletes yet on the women's side other than mm-hmm. an elite. You know, that's, that's coming, yeah. but it's amazing that, that we haven't seen that, that filter over quite yet. But once we do, and you have girls that were 100 WTA and are 28 years old, that's going to be very, very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't seen too much of uh, Vivian Glosman yet, but just I think in terms of like prototypical, like the 
like what you would want from a female. I mean, she's, I think she's pushing six foot, pretty tall. 5'11, yeah, she's big. 5'11, great reach, uh, but also really good hands, hands. touch. Yeah, very yeah. fast. So thinking about the, like what that, you know, the ideal size and reach for a woman, I mean, that's got to be close to exactly what you want. No question. I mean, I think especially in the doubles game, you know, singles might vary a little bit different, but um, I was really impressed with her watching her for the brief time that I did. She, she was solid, but every time she got attacked, she got a paddle on it. Um, mm -hmm. I can't really answer that one because the girls that are really good right now, for the most part, are just steady Eddie, pretty solid. Like, right. Right. Anna's like I always say, Anna's a neutral player. In my opinion, she doesn't create a ton of offense, but she doesn't give you a lot to attack. Uh, she just kind of, Plays it. So, you know, like seeing this Tyra Black play, who's obviously extremely yeah. athletic, hand skills aren't quite there yet. But if you give that athleticism and the hand skills and you match that up, do I think that that kind of body type and yeah, that's, that's, that's probably going to win. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's I mean, a big good offense deal. beats great defense, period. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a big deal also just talking about the men to the women going from like, five five or five six to five ten is a huge deal and yeah. i think those three or four inches for a guy that's five eleven six foot up to six three or six four nice it's it's a bonus it's great but to have that girl that's five ten plus is a huge deal and i can really see that kind of being the body type that that moves forward for the women well it's, ha it's happening women's tennis right i mean you yeah, very rarely sure. see women under five ten yeah absolutely correct so uh fellas Creeping on the hour mark might be it might be a good time. What do y'all think? Yeah, I think we're good. Okay, hey, good enjoyed job. it, Travis. That was good stuff. And thank you, John. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. So, uh, hey, love. We, we've talked about your podcast and the title of it. Do you ever want a, a former tennis player who uh, agrees with the title of your podcast? <laughs> give me, you give me a shout. I got a lot of sucks, old, baby. old school pickleball information. I'd love to share. So, uh, uh, nice job, Travis, and we enjoyed it very much. Oh, also, right, thanks a lot. Guys. Yeah, last thing, Travis, just lots of lots of help on pickleball journeys. You talked about your pickleball community, sponsors, and any shout outs you want to make just in these, this last 30 seconds or so. Oh, man, it's just it's Crescent Lake as a whole. There's like 30 that I have to run through, but Crescent Lake as a whole, all the people they know, we call them like the Crescent Lake OGs. Uh -huh. uh, I'll give it I'll give like real couple real quick ones like Paul Romero hooks me up with hotels. He helps me out left and right. Graham, I mean, Graham's been like my messiah, you know, like I can't stress enough how that guy kind of pulled me out of the fucking gutter. <laughs> and, and help me rebuild my life, help me with an apartment, help me with getting it furnished when I was too low and too depressed to do anything. Uh, it's countless, man. Honestly, it's countless. Okay. Well, that's great. And, you know, almost everyone in these pickleball journeys has, has plenty of help along the way. So that's cool uh, to, to see you giving those shout outs and, 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 you know, giving those people a little credit that helped you out. So, uh, oh, yeah. Great job, everyone. Uh, maybe we'll run it back sometime, but uh, good luck moving forward with some of your results, and we'll see you soon, I'm sure. Thanks a lot, Crescent Lake. Thanks, Take Travis. Later. Later, guys. Later, guys. Because you know why? Why? Because it feels right. It feels right. Legendary. Yeah.